0: The scripture reading for this afternoon is taken in connection with God's word as we summarize, find it summarized in Lord's Day 18. Once again, as we've been moving our way through the Heidelberg Catechism, through the questions and answers pertaining to the Apostles' Creed, we've come to the one where the question is asked. What do you confess when you say he ascended into heaven? So in connection with that, we're reading from Matthew 28, first of all, verses 18 to 20, and after that, Acts one, the verses nine to 11. The disciples have assembled to speak with Jesus. And we read in verses 18 to 20, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We now go to Acts one. The verses 9 to 11, and you'll be able to find that on page 1252 of your pew Bible. Acts 1, the verses 9 to 11. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee. Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So far, the word of God. I'll we'll now read together from Lord's Day 18, which you can find on page 532 of your book of praise. What do you confess when you say he ascended into heaven? That Christ before the eyes of his disciples, was taken up from the earth into heaven, and that he is there for our benefit until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Is Christ then not with us until the end of the world as he has promised us? Christ is true man and true God. With respect to his human nature, he is no longer on earth. But with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. But are the two natures in Christ not separated from each other if his human nature is not present wherever his divinity is? Not at all. For his divinity has no limits and is present everywhere. So it must follow that his divinity is indeed beyond the human nature which he has taken on, and nevertheless is within this human nature and remains personally united with it. How does Christ's ascension into heaven benefit us? First, he's our advocate in heaven before his Father. Second, we have our flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that he, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, he sends us his spirit as a counter-pledge by whose power we seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and not the things that are on earth. So far. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, In the United States, in 1944, 40 newborn infants were subjected to a study. 20 were put in a facility where they were fed, bathed, and changed, but nothing else. And the other 20 were given affection, love, and care. The experiment was halted after four months, but not before half of those in a separate facility had already died. A reflection on that study reads, There was no physiological cause for the baby's deaths. They were all physically very healthy. Before each baby died, there was a period where they would stop verbalizing and trying to engage with their caregivers, generally stop moving, nor cry, nor even change expression, and death would follow shortly. The babies who had given up before being rescued died in the same manner, even though they had been removed from the experimental conditions. The conclusion of this horrible and terribly saddening study was that we humans are not meant to be alone. Even the most introverted of us still need a connection. We need the presence and we need the love of others. Otherwise, we will eventually wither. They actually say that loneliness is one of the growing killers in our society today. They've been noticing that, especially in the UK, that people who struggle with loneliness tend to have shorter lifespans. God knows this about us because He is the one who created this urge for community inside of us. Right from the beginning when he created Adam, and Adam stood alone in the garden, God impressed this on him. All the animals were brought before Adam in their pairs, and Adam was brought to the realization that among all of these animals that were brought before him, there was no helper that was suitable for him. God himself said, it is not good for a man to be alone. And so he created woman. A woman who could stand by and support him in good times and in bad. A woman who he could love and cherish and work for and support. A woman, while being a separate individual and having her own hopes and dreams, would still be able to provide companionship and spiritual encouragement for him. With the creation of woman, God made a family for both man and woman, and so they were no longer alone. God knows that we are not meant to be alone. He knows that we need love, friendship, care, and companionship. We don't necessarily need them in the form of a spouse. It can come in the form of our brothers and sisters or in our church family, our church friends, our other friends. But if if that's true, and God knows that we can't be alone, why do we get to the event that we find before us today? We read in Matthew how Jesus Christ said, Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Yet in Acts we read about him lifting up his hands and blessing the people and then being taken up into heaven. How do we connect this promise with Jesus' leaving earth? The truth is that God does know us. He knows our needs, our anxieties, our worries, and our cares. And when it comes to this and Jesus' promise, it's no different. He knows that we need him. And so while he is not there in the body, he's still with us. And today we'll look at that under the following theme. Christ is with us to the very end of the age. The facts of the matter are plain, and they're laid out very clearly in the first question and answer that we read in the Lord's Day. Jesus Christ, before the eyes of his disciples, was taken up from earth into heaven. And there he will remain to the very end of the age. This is something that the church has confessed since the time that Christ ascended. Jesus is with his flesh and blood in heaven. His earthly body, bound to one place, is in heaven. His divinity goes beyond that, but his earthly body is in heaven, and there he remains until he comes on the clouds of heaven to judge the nations. As the angels had said in Acts, this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. The Bible tells us that we won't know the day or the hour of his return, but when he does return, there will be no question about it. Revelation 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. And again in Luke 21, verse 28, we read, there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. There will be no question when Jesus comes back in his earthly body that everyone will know it. Sure, there have been cults around the world and cults that are even here today that claim to be led by Christ. But we can see from the passages that we read that these are all false Christs. There are enormous problems with the views that are expressed by them that we won't get into today. But suffice it to say for now that there will be no doubt when Jesus returns in his body, as that will be the declaration of the end of days when the judgment seat is placed. All mankind from the beginning of the world to its end will be sent to their final eternal destination, heaven or hell. But his being in heaven in the body from his ascension until that final day, does not take away from his being with us. Notice what we read in Matthew 28, verse 20. I am with you. Note the word there, am. I am with you to the end of the age. This is before the coming of the Holy Spirit and power. Certainly with the Spirit, Christ will be with his disciples. He tells them on their return to Jerusalem after his ascension in Acts 1 that they are to remain there until they are clothed with power from on high. And that's what our catechism confesses today as well, saying with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. He is with his disciples and with us today through the Holy Spirit. In the meantime, however, before his ascension into heaven, and the coming of the Spirit in power, He is still with them. In that space of time that He is gone and the Spirit has not come yet in power, He's still with them. How? By reading from our catechism, I fear I've already given it away. We read there, His divinity, majesty, grace, and Spirit with respect to His divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit. He's never absent from us. He is with us in His divine nature. Now, that's something that we sometimes tend to forget. When we're praying to Jesus, what can sometimes happen is that we have this image of Him being in heaven, Him being far away, and not being connected with us. When we do think of his presence, we will sometimes think of Jesus being with us via a long-distance connection, with the Holy Spirit being the connector. You boys and girls might have this picture of uh, phoning a family member over Skype. There's a connection there, but they're so far away. Obviously, we don't say that they're with us. But with Jesus, this is different. You see, Jesus is fully God and fully man. We know this. We confess this. It's something that we, as believers in God's word, already don't hesitate to say. We recognize that it must be so because if it weren't, he wouldn't be able to bear the weight of the wrath of God for the sins of the world. His payment would not be infinite. The wages of sin is death, physical and spiritual. The spiritual being described as torment. Now, one man only has one life to give. To satisfy that debt before God, payment must be paid in full. And a mere man could only pay for the sins of one man. But Christ was unique. By the power of his divine nature, he was able to make infinite payment for sin. And that's what we're celebrating here with the Lord's Supper today. His payment takes away your sin and my sin in full. Those of us who are here, who have put their faith in Jesus Christ as the only ground of their salvation, we recognize that. We know that to be true. Men and women, boys and girls. For the most part, we've known this from a very young age. But do we recognize his divine nature when it comes to our daily lives? It's important to recognize, because it makes the difference between our seeing Jesus as a distant figure, no more with us than that family member over an internet video call, and our seeing Jesus Christ as being really with us. He is with us in his divine nature. He is with us to the end. Do you recognize this, beloved? More than just recognizing this, do you believe it? I am with you to the very end of the age. On hearing what God himself has said about that for you, what does this now mean for you? Do you accept what he says? What does it mean in those hours when you've reached the end of your rope? What does it mean when you have stress building up or anxiety in your life or worry about your family? What does it mean when you feel lonely or when you feel sad? In these moments, come before your Father in prayer. In that quiet moment, pray for the reminder that Jesus is with you by your side, as your loving older brother, each and every day. Pray to be reminded that his his body and his blood were poured out for you, just as we're celebrating. Pray for the reminder that he's with you. Pray to Christ. Pray that he would lift you up and encourage you. Pray that his presence would be enough for you for today and that the worries of tomorrow would be left with him. Pray for the strength that his very presence supplies. Christ is with you. This gives you strength when you go to lovingly confront a brother or sister about their sin or when you go to share a go- the gospel with a friend. Not only do you have the Holy Spirit within you, Christ is with you. Not only do you have the Spirit giving you words to say, but you have the comforting presence of Christ who's never absent from you. After all that, you may think, you may still think, but why can't he just be here in person? Just once. To have Jesus Christ with me bodily at my side, to be able to talk with him in person, to be able to feel him, touch him, it would be such a comfort. Well, don't forget the comfort that we get from his being bodily in heaven. He's our advocate there. Our representative, giving us the comfort of knowing that we can come to God at any time because Christ not only paid our debt, but he gave his righteousness. He is our flesh in heaven. He is the firstfruits, as we read in 1 Corinthians 15, the first part of the great harvest that's coming. That's the encouragement we get from his being ha- in heaven. And finally, we get his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would not come if Jesus were here on earth. John 16, verse 7. Jesus tells us that. He's the Holy Spirit who will convict the world of sin. John 16, verse 9. And then will guide us in the truth of the good news of the gospel that gives the convicted world a way out. John 16, verse 13. So even with his physical body not being with us, we can take an incredible amount of comfort from the fact that Jesus is with us, that he is watching over us, and that he will be there in the flesh to receive us when we go to eternity. Praise Jesus Christ, who comforts us by his spirit, and who is with us to the end of the age. Amen.